1: miracle prayer today answered that you'd have to say it's, it's beyond, I can't fulfill it, but only God can. And the truth is, you might be almost an atheist when you come to the point where you say, it is so big, it's not possible. And the devil gets us that way. But God has a formula for prayer. And today we want to look at it, the miracle prayer of Elijah. Elijah. You know, I've been thinking this week, and I've been thinking about the fact there are some personal things I need God to do for me personally. They're beyond. They're way beyond. It can't happen. There are some things with this church, and it's just so beyond what is that you can see, but God can. There are some things with my family. And, you know, the older you get, you never, our kids are grown. They're serving God, all three of them. Two are pastors. One's a principal of a Christian school. But, but they need answers to prayer. And I don't know, maybe from this point till God takes me home, it's going to be a major prayer ministry that I need to have. Because the responsibilities of life get so heavy and so big and so large. Perhaps, as I said in my class this morning, perhaps you can see from heaven. I don't think you could see bad things on earth, but I do know Hebrews chapter, thir- uh, chapter 12, uh, you could see some things. There's that great crowd of Perhaps when I get to heaven, I'll see some answers to prayer that i'm praying right now and i'll see god orchestrating and all that god's doing that i don't know if that's going to happen or not but i do know that he's able to answer prayers in my lifetimes prayers that i deposited after my life here's what happens we we need something to happen my wife walked out god bring her back bring her back bring her back and it doesn't happen in three weeks and we quit praying and we quit on god i'm not going back to church i'm not i'm not reading that bible well god's word never say you pray until you just god answers it the way you want it you just keep on praying elijah james chapter 5 he prayed again god didn't answer and he prayed again today i want you to see this great man of god and oh what a great man of god your bibles you're going to need to leave them open please if you will chapter 17 and 18 today. And Elijah was in need of a a miracle. His people were in need of a miracle. Some background, chapter 18, chapter 18, chapter 16, chapter 16, I'm sorry, chapter 16, if you'll turn to 16, and some background, verse 28. Omri slept with his fathers and was buried in Samaria. And Ahab, his son, reigned in his stead. Ahab, verse 29, was the son of Omri to reign over Israel. Verse 30. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord. Watch this. Read this together when we start with the word above. Ready? Begin. Above all that were before him. He was the worst of the worst. You talk about a nation needing help when their leader was the worst of the worst. My Bible says of this man Ahab, he outdid everyone for sin. He was addicted to sin. He was addicted to evil. And it came to pass, as it had been some light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And he took the wife Jezebel, the daughter Ethbaal, king of the Zidonites, and they went and served Baal and worshiped him. He, he served false gods. And he was representing the children of Israel, God's people. Look at the next verse. He reared up an altar for Baal, the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And he made a grove. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord of Israel to anger than the kings of Israel that were before him. This man did so wrong. And th- this is the ministry and the day in which Elijah was called to be in the ministry. Pastor, we were talking on the way up this morning, and they gave me an acrostic for hope. But he said, we live in what the world says, is such a dark moment, negative, so many negative people. He says, this is a great day of hope. That encouraged me so much. What a great day we live in. Well, America's so bad. Then why is everybody trying to get in here? Thank God for America. Oh, we have our problems and we've always had our problem. And we always will because man is part of the problem. God's the solution. And here we have this wicked king. And so God says, all right, I'm going to have to deal with you. Fire and abundance of water and lack of water in the Bible is always God's judgment. Always God's judgment. Notice what it says in chapter 17. And Elisha, Elijah the Tishbite, who is in the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be any dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. There's a man of faith. James chapter 5 said it was three and a half years. And here is Elijah saying, for the next three and a half years, we are going to go through testing. We are going to go through adversity. I want you to see some things about this today. There's some ingredients now in these three and a half years before the answer to prayer. The prayer is not going to be answered for three and a half years. That God intercedes and sends the rain. And so for three and a half years, what, what have you prayed for fervently for three and a half years? We pray for three minutes sometime and we expect an answer, and God doesn't come through in our three minutes. and we outlaw God in our lives. We're mad at God. we're upset with God. I don't want to God's trying to do something in those three and a half years. I want you to see the preparation of a man of God. God is preparing the man of God, the man who believed by faith that it would stop to rain. And yet God said, Elijah, you're not ready for the answer. I have to work on you. Mother, God has to work on you before He can work on your children. Daddy, God has to work on you before He'll work on your children. Do you realize that, grandparents, God's going to work on you before your children can see the faith of the grandparents? God sends Elijah. In these three and a half years, for the next six months, he goes to Cherith. The brook Cherith, notice what the Bible says. In chapter number 18, he talks about that God's gonna send him uh, to this place. And in, in, in chapter, back it up, chapter number 17, 17 verse one, and the Lord, verse two, the Lord said, came to him say, said, get thee hence. Turn toward and hide thyself at the brook Cherith. Verse 5, he went and did according to the word of the Lord. And notice that the Bible says the ravens, verse 6, brought him bread. You know what ravens are? They're not doves, they're the scavenger birds that live at the city dump. Because he's in a brook, it sounds beautiful, but there's been no rain now for six months. And the Bible says the brook dried up. Have you ever been in a place where you've seen a pond or a brook that dries up? No inlet, no water's coming from underneath or being sent in and it begins to sink. And all of a sudden, as it goes down, it turns green and then the moss starts to come and then the mosquitoes begin to come. And God says, "Uh, man of God, God's gonna use you to answer a big prayer. But I'm taking you to cherith first. Cherith is a powerful word, it means the cutting place. And before God is going to use Elijah in a mighty way for an answer of prayer for his country, he says, I'm going to work on you, Elijah, and cut off the rough edges. God was revealing this great man of God still had rough edges. You're a great lady. You're a great man. You're great teenagers. But God is going to take you, not because he hates you, through adversity of life, by a brook Cherith, And there he is, and the garbage birds are bringing him food to eat. And if we're not careful, we shake our fist at God and say, why am I in such a place like this where garbage is coming to me from the dump from these birds? Why do I live by a brook where the mosquitoes are driving me? It's hot in this desert. It's hot in this heat. And God's chipping away. And a man called Elijah, one of the greatest prophets ever. Now let's make matters worse. You've heard me say it so many times about Elijah. God's done with him there at Cherith. He says, now I want you to go over to Zarephath. Zarephath, there's a widow woman there and she's going to take care of you. That was against the culture of the Jews. Widows don't take care of men. Men take care of widows. God left him in Zerapath. zeropath that word Zeropath means the refining place. And after God chips away at our lives and cuts away, he begins to tumble us. As a stone and a tumbler begins to tumble with the sand and begins to refine that to become a polished stone. And the Bible says he's there for three years. You know how embarrassing it has to be to get up every morning, and the widow is making you food, And the widow has provided a place of lodging for you. You imagine how many times Elijah maybe even thought, like I would think, why? Why why are you doing this to me? This is backwards the way it should be. You see, if you want answered prayer, would you let God chip away at your life? Would you let God polish your life? Would you let God get you ready? And for three and a half years, God was getting him ready. I don't know if three and a half years means 10 years. I don't know if 10 years means 20 years. But what we do, if we're not careful, when God doesn't come through like we expect God to come through, we quit on God. But he never slumbers. He never sleeps. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. When you're going through adversity, when you go through your cherub, when you go through your seraph path, when you go there's no water, there's no rain, and you're being fed by a widow, and all oh, looks so grim, God is doing something that we don't see in the background. I like that song. One day, he'll make it plain to me. One day, my Savior, I shall see. One day, it'll all go together. But it's not going together right now, is it? God, would you please do this? And we fast. God, please do this. And we beg. Oh, God, please. And we use an altar. Oh, dear God, please. We go to church. We go to Sunday school. We go to Sunday morning. We tithe. We give everything we're supposed to do. We're we're trying to be good people. God, please. Oh, God, please. We lose weight over it sometimes. And sometimes I'm so burdened I don't feel like eating. Sometimes my heart is so broken, it just the the thought of food is nauseous to me. Maybe you're there or you've been there or you will be there. God's doing something. Notice what the Bible says: not only does does God prepare the ingredients, the man of God, Elijah is such a powerful man. Elijah's a man of action. Elijah was not one to sit on the side. He was impatient just like I'm impatient. God says, I I need to slow you down. May I remind you that sometimes God wants you just to stand still? The Bible says, Be still and know that I'm God. But I'm so lonely in life, I want a wife so bad. God, I'm at church, I'm looking at the right place, the right source to find a good woman. I'm looking, I'm looking, but God, you're not coming through. I want a husband so bad. I know a whole bunch of ladies in this church would be willing to give you theirs, I'll tell you that right now. I want a husband so bad. And by the way, that's not not a bad thing. A husband and a wife, that's not a bad thing. You're not evil for wanting that. I prayed and God never came through it's been a week, it's been a month, it's been a year it's been five, it's been ten but you don't understand God's doing something that you don't even know in your life apparently you're not ready but we want a child so desperately God give us that child, oh we want a child God never gave us a child, we're done with God God said I'm going to have to work on you first Elijah You're a little bit rambunctious. I'm going to slow you down. I see secondly something here. I see obedience. If we want answer to prayer, not only does God need to work on us individually, the preparation of our heart, but there needs to be obedience. Would you follow with me in chapter 17? Let's begin at the beginning there, verse number 3. I'll read the first three words in verse three. You read the first three words in verse five. You have your homework assignment. Here we go. Are we ready to go? I'll read the first three words. Get the hands. Your words? So he Try it again. Ready? Get the hands. So Let me read verse nine, about five words, and you read your, verse 10, the first three words. Arise and get thee to Zarephath. Let me try it again. Arise and get thee to Zarephath. And he went to Zarephath. Let's try verse three. I'll read three. You read verse five. I'll read verse nine. You read verse 10. Ready? Begin. Get thee hence. Arise and get thee to Zarephath. He went. That's just obeying. God said, I want you to go to cherub. So he went. God says, I want you to go to Zeropath." So he went. Don't expect God to answer your prayer if you won't obey. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not getting saved. It's God says, except a man be born again, he shall, cannot see the kingdom of God. God says "You must be born. I'm not gonna obey that there's believers baptism and God tells us that we're not to refuse baptism. And so you so, well, I'm not gonna do that. Well, then just obey. It's like a child in the home. God gives one word for a child to learn and to master in the 18 years he's in the schoolroom of your home. Children, what's the next word? Obey, obey. just obey. Just obey. Children that will not obey will become terrible mates. Children that will not obey thinks that, okay, I got married, and that's not working, so we'll have kids, we're compounded, and you're still not gonna obey, your kids are gonna learn what you are. And they stay with you for a lifetime. Children (laughs) obey, children obey. Jack Trevor, just obey God. Obey every spiritual impulse. The Spirit of God speaks to your heart. I need to intensify my prayer life as I move into January 1st. I need to pray more. I need to be part of a prayer meeting at the church. I need to be part of soul winning. I need to go knock on the doors. We have the great bus ministry. And God's speaking to my heart about getting a bus license. Then go do it. How difficult is it to obey? Some of you ought to take this auditorium. We give you the opportunity to get in here when you want. You see, you know, I'm burdened about these first ten rows right here. I'm going to become the prayer warrior for these first ten rows. Now I don't know who's going to be here Sunday, Lord. Here's how I like to do it. I say, Lord, right here, there'll be somebody. Happens to be a missionary and his wife, our graduates going to Uganda. And you might be able to, on Sunday morning, not even get to him, or maybe you could say, I prayed for whoever's gonna be there three visiting sweet ladies right down here uh, God 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 wants someone to get burdened about that area right there these teenagers they're scattered through the house but over here a lot of times they sit in the front you know Davey do you know how badly the devil wants to destroy your life Cole Khan, do you know how badly he wants to ruin your life and wreck your life with one foolish decision I wonder if somebody ought to be bathing in prayer the teenagers I wonder if we ought to say or I, I I need I need to learn to just obey you and if you want me to pray for teenagers I don't need to get anything from them they don't even need to know there are times in my ministry often to this public school now the last 15 years over here I'll go you got to be careful where you park in front of a school I know nowadays always oh, scouting them out who, what, what's wrong with him and I'll sometimes go before hours or after hours and I'll say Lord I don't know what they're going to learn in those those walls this week I don't know if any of them are going to have school teachers that are saved and born again but I plead with you God please keep them safe may no one hurt these children please keep them safe they're gonna put three and a half million dollars in that park next door I think next year they came to my office and said what's the first thing you want done I said I want a big big security fence around that elementary school I said we don't have children there we have our own but it's not safe would you please put a fence up for those kids why would I ask of that because I've got prayers for those kids. I know they're the public school. We have hundreds of public school kids here today in our bus ministry, 700 or more. I love those kids. It's my job, if you were by a public school, could you just pass by and say, Lord, I'm going to carry this on my heart on the way to work today, praying for this public school, praying for that principal, praying for that secretary, praying for the school, praying for the students, praying for the teachers. What's God laying on your heart in this day? You say, well, I want the big answer. You must have and obey what God wants to obey. The prayer's going to get answered after three and a half years, but he first prepares the person. And then secondly, the person has to learn to obey. And thirdly, while we're praying, we have to learn to seize opportunities that God puts on the pathway of life. Chapter 17, verses 17 through 22, he's at that widow woman's house. She already lost her husband, and now her son is dying, and she calls for the man of God, and the man of God, he stretched himself on that boy, and he prayed life back into him. So when I'm, I'm not involved in prayer right now, I'm not involved in, I, I, I'm praying. I'm not involved in, I'm not going to be involved with the buses now. I, I got too much. I, I, I'm praying for this. I, I'm not going to be involved with a prayer ministry. I got, I got too much. You no, know, an opportunity came by. Elijah said, Count me in. Count me in. Our class got a little bit anxious for the buckets. The buckets are coming. And you know all about the buckets in our church. And we asked all of our 160 ministries to bring $1,000 on Valentine weekend. Our class got a little bit ambitious, and we started already. And Brother Martinez, just for your record, we finished two thousand dollar buckets already he thinks he's gonna he's, yeah, you don't have five he's lying in church he's lying you wonder why God doesn't answer your prayers and uh, he, he thinks he's gonna beat our class but we're gonna get ours in, and then we're gonna start helping other ministries and I said to the class this morning I said what, what was the offering they told me I said we're $210 short from the second bucket and by the time class was dismissed they put another $255 in took us over for the two buckets, which is an honest report. <laughs> you know what that class does? Like your class, they're looking for opportunities. And we have young couples just trying to get on in life and to get started in life and having children in life. You, you know what? I want the prayer answered. Well, well, then would you let God work on you? I want the prayer answered. Then would you just simply obey? Well, I want the the prayer answered. Well, then will you look for opportunities where you can help somebody on the pathway of life? Would you find opportunities? The person in front of you at Christmas, invariably, I'm not talking about buying liquor and all that. The person in front of you is going to be $4 short Would that be, I pray all the time, I'm not much in the stores ever, but when I'm there, I say, Lord, wouldn't it be great if the person in front of me runs out of money? I think it's the most wonderful thing to put down five, say, oh, give me your name, I'll pay you back. No, no, I don't want to be paid back. Isn't it great when someone runs out of money? Isn't it great to bring cheer? You're in the line, of course, you do the online Tomorrow Cyber Monday, North Valley Publications. But you you give online, you, you do all your do your Christmas online, but not me. I'm old-fashioned. I go to the stores, just like a good Christian opens presents on Christmas Eve. Christmas Day is not in the Bible. There's I, I don't know what you're looking for, but but I love it when people get ticked off. I. I am the world's best at choosing the wrong line I was in a line this past week doing something oh they were having a fit because there's always a price check when I'm in line no barcode and I said hey it's your own fault the guy looked at me I said I I have the record of choosing the wrong line and all of a sudden three or four people all chime in we're having the best time laughing about it said oh no I'm as well you're behind me you have chosen the wrong line so maybe you are the worst look for opportunities look for a widow lady that you can help this week not hoping that she has money she can leave you look for a senior saint look for someone in a wheelchair you can help push look for so some you can help load the groceries I know, amount of time. Number four, I'd like to say this. You're going to have to stay bold for God when you're seeking God in prayer. In chapter 18, verses 5 through 18, is when Ahab comes on the scene and he said, Are, are, are you the man, Elijah, that troubled Israel? And he said, I'm not the man, it's you. We're so cowardly at times. And then number five, I'll close, her down with this. We're going to have to find out it's all about God. In chapter 18, I want you to see in verse 31, man is entirely out of the equation. They're going to build an altar, and they called on their gods all day long, and no fire fell. And then in chapter 18, verse 31, the Bible says, Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the 12 tribes. Verse 32, and with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as it contained two measures of seed. And he said, fill four barrels with water and pour it upon the burnt sacrifice. If you're going to light a fire, you don't put water on it. And not four barrels. And he said, do it the second time. And they did it the second. He said, do it the third time, 12 barrels of water. And he filled the trench also with water. And he came and said, "Oh Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And here's his prayer. We read it. Hear me, Oh Lord. Hear me. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. That this people may know that thou art the Lord God. So much of our prayer is, I need this. I need this. I can't get along without a wife. I can't get along without a husband. I can't get along without kids. I can't get along without this. I can't get along. I need this. I need this. I need this. And and Elijah came to the point after three and a half years and said, Lord, it's not necessarily even rain. We need you. And we need people to know it's all about you. And so he didn't ask for rain. He asked for fire. Because it will show who you are. And when God sent the fire, it's an amazing thing. The prayer ends. But a little while later, a young man comes and says, I see a cloud on the horizon. It's about the size of a man's fist. Let's go back and check it out. He said, the clouds are gathering. It looks like rain is coming. And sure enough, three and a half years later, the rain came. I don't know what your three and a half years are. In our psalm booking, for the sake of time, I won't have you turn there. But I want you to read, I want to read a stanza to you or two. The crowd was great, but she knew she had to reach him. For this was her last hope of ever being healed. So she pressed through until she touched his garment. All right, then and there, her miracle was fulfilled. There's a miracle in the making. See, you don't see it, but God's, you're just a year into it. Or you're just two years into it, which could translate to be 10 or 20. I don't know. But God's going to do it. One just for you, the Father is working even now. I don't see him working at Cherith, and I don't see him working at, at Zarephath. Your prayers have been heard, and the answer's on its way. But not when you quit. And not when you get frustrated with God. And not when God doesn't come through the way you're expecting God to come through. There's a miracle in the making for you today. You have prayed and prayed, but you still heard no answer. Your faith's grown weak, and you feel you're all alone. Don't give up. For the God you serve won't leave you. There's a miracle for you. just keep holding on. There's a miracle. there is a miracle. I know I'm out of time. The miracle today, and thank you for praying it, for the person. It may be the miracle of salvation. Your wife has prayed. Your husband has prayed. Your kids have prayed for your salvation, and this could be the miracle day. It was so unusual; it never happened before, it hasn't happened since. One day, I led four men on a Saturday to Christ, different homes. All men that were older, and one man that was dying. He died shortly thereafter, and he said to me, "Pastor, you've witnessed to me before." but I want to tell you something my wife witnessed to me for a lifetime. And I always sit down. And I feel if I don't get saved today, it's my last opportunity. He was right. Because a few days later, in that same bed where I was in his room, he passed away as a saved man. The miracle might be salvation for you this morning. The miracle might be Some prayer. I have some prayers in my heart that are so heavy. I won't share them with you ever. Only God. Only God can do it. I don't see it happening. My weak mind sees it might get worse, it might get more difficult. God's in the background working it all out. It's about for prayer, shall we? Father, these are such wonderful people. I love them so much. I could hardly wait to preach the message today. Lord, I need this message so desperately. I pray that people today would trust Christ as their Savior. I pray that people would use the altar and say, I want to just keep on praying. Obey